you do your roux in a microwave. This gut is beautiful and it's full of gumbo. Nick Saban puts tomatoes in his gumbo. Welcome to the Gumbo Show. Gumbo is a way of life. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Gumbo Show, where earnest seekers after truth, justice, and the perfect bowl of gumbo come together to discuss what is the greatest food that God has ever given to mankind. Joining you, uh, or joining me today, as always, is my co-host from Northern Virginia, Dave Huguenel. I am Feynman Roberts. I'm in Southeast Louisiana. And today we are joined by a very special guest, a man named Robert Lee, who, believe it or not, is actually cooking from an igloo. Okay, actually don't believe that, but he is operating what may be the farthest north Cajun food outpost in the continental United States. He runs Gumbo Boy, uh, a food delivery service and pop-up in Duluth, Minnesota. Fellas, welcome. And uh, and how's it going? Top of the morning to you, Feynman. Yeah. Hey, yeah, this is Robert. Thanks for having me on. This is very exciting. I'm honored. Yes, really. and and I'm we're glad you're here. And we were just uh, we were just before we came on just talking about the weather, just so everyone can get a little atmospheric feel for what we're doing here. Uh, and I was remarking that here in Mandeville, it's a cold snap. And it's like 53 degrees. And Robert, what did you say when when I told you that? Yeah, I um, I feel sympathy for you, but it's you know it's probably in the low 40s right now. If I'm lucky, there's still snow on the ground. Yeah, and and you said it feels spring like there. It's very spring like when you come out of the. We hit the. You know, I think we hit negative 10 this this winter, which is pretty good for us. That's pretty warm. Well, okay, so that's uh, that's almost unimaginably cold for me, and so I'm I'm actually cold just thinking about it. But it is nice when it's cold because that's a better time to enjoy a delicious bowl of gumbo. That's right. We right? have an extremely long gumbo season here. It's yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, it runs like uh, January to December. It seems like it so, starts in October. Um, well, so let me let me uh, ask you this, just like how I know you're a Baton Rouge native, correct? Yeah. So how did you end up in Duluth and then how did you end up cooking Cajun food in Duluth? Yeah, so I ended up here. My wife got a job up here. She got two job offers, one up in Duluth and one actually in Baton Rouge. And when I reflected on the traffic in Baton Rouge, I said, let's <laughs> roll the dice on Duluth. Uh, it's a smaller city. It's a wonderful community. So I, I, you know, once you freeze a few times, you kind of get used to it, believe it or not. So we love it up here. Um, and most of my time up here, I've spent um, at a theater, the Duluth Playhouse, and I was running a, a small black box theater, 120 seat theater, where we produce plays and musicals. And then uh, the coronavirus showed up and put a stop to all that. Yeah, can you believe it? I so they didn't want people crowding in a crowded theater watching plays. Um, so I was on furlough and I started kind of a pop-up out of my kitchen, very rogue and <clears throat> illegal, selling gumbo off from my porch and doing it in my kitchen. 
And then I um, am friends with some people who run another building that has another theater and also they have a restaurant and they had shut down and it was just sitting idle. So I took the steps of becoming legit and started Gumbo Boy LLC. I'll get this out of the way. Gumbo Boy is spelled boy with B-O-I. So, I meant to mention that it's it's like gumbo bois. Yeah. <laughs> like you just want to be like, hey bois. For those down in your in your neck of the woods. Um and I, I imagine Gumbo Boy as a little superhero who is fighting your hunger. <laughs> is he so. fighting against the evil of tomatoes and gumbo? And I haven't checked your gumbo recipe, so <laughs> I don't put chunks of tomatoes. I've I've listened through all of your shows, so I have a lot to say about all of that, but I'll wait to <laughs> those pertinent questions. So that's how it became Gumbo Boy. And I had a, a friend who's a computer software. I don't know what he does. He does things on the computer. He created my website for me and it's slick and easy to use. So I, I do a rotating menu. Um, every week I offer a different kind of s- small selection. I've been doing Kids Lent. So I've been doing a fried shrimp special mm. in conjunction with, you know, gumbo and jambalaya and things like that. Mm. Po boys, muffalettas. I looked at the I looked at the menu. It all it all looks delicious. And believe it or not, I'm going sausage shopping later today. So so this is a this was a good thing for me to do because I'm going to be nice and hungry. Yeah. In the sausage, sausage shops. Let me tell you about sausage here. They they don't have andouille sausage. Mm-hmm. I went to, when I first moved here, I went to a meat shop. Like, that's what they do. They sell meat and, and, and brats. That's what they do here is brats, yeah, right. which are delicious. But I asked for some andouille sausage, and the kid was like, looked at me funny and walked into the back to talk to the manager. <laughs> and he came out. He's like, oh, do you mean the Cajun brats? I'm like, no, I'll see you later. <laughs> so I just left. And, you know, Drove around this city looking for andouille sausage, and the only thing is like the Jacksonville at the grocery store. <laughs> it's right. really just a kielbasa with cayenne in it. <laughs> it's it's depressing. That's I think that's got to be one of my favorite responses ever. Do you have andouille sausage? Oh, do you mean the Cajun brats? <laughs> I, without response, I left. <laughs> Why? I suppose. I mean, that's one of my main questions is how do you get the sort of ingredients you need? I mean, yeah. those ingredients are not not too exotic, but a lot of the things you cook, a lot of seafood, so on and so forth. Yeah, they're not, the exotic. they're not exotic if you're down in Louisiana. Um, so now, well, at first, you know, I took a trip to Louisiana. We drove down and I came back with a big ice chest full of seafood. And that's so I, that's when I was at my house. But, you know, now I have a food distributor and uh, I use andouille sausage. I always have, um, but I get the, um, what's the brand? It's actually a good brand. The guy who's the famous Cajun cooking, I'll talk about him a lot. Emerald. No, no, the, <laughs> the Paul Prudhomme. Paul Prudhomme, yeah. yeah. Paul Prudhomme brand uh, andouille sausage, which is good. It's fatty, it's smoky. I'm happy mm. with, with that product. And then I have a, a uh, connection with Piazza Seafood down in your neck of the woods. Uh, and I, I get all my seafood from them. So crawfish tails and um, shrimp, gulf shrimp. So Oh, good. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good. So yeah. uh, let's... I'm always nervous, by the way, because one of the things I've seen in Gumbo's like 
or Cajun stuff like outside of Louisiana, especially like in Virginia. And that's where the stuff is mm. like, there'll be like Cajun prawns, which is like always a red flag for me. Like, <laughs> if it's not like, that is not like, I don't remember you like eating prawns in, uh, in Metairie. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, no. And I, I know one of our online memes that it makes me laugh every time I see it is when you, you go to a restaurant that doesn't serve, you know, Cajun food or, or Louisiana's cuisine and the soup of the day is gumbo. And you're always like, hmm, yeah. tell me. So, so tell us about your gumbo. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, my, I, I will say I'm excited to try the Tasso Pam secret mm. that I got the other day from your show. Yeah. From Jonathan Perry. Yeah. So I am going to incorporate that in my next gumbo. Um, nobody here would understand what that is. So I'm not going to advertise <laughs> as such. <laughs> um, I, I will say, I, I think y'all have touched on talking about or mentioning dry roux with, but I don't think you've ever gone into it. So it's so, something I do. And I think a lot of restaurants do just because it's easier, faster and, and safer. Mm. Um, so you just bake the flour dry mm -hmm. in the oven until it gets, it's not going to be as dark as your roux will be. Cause when you, you cut in the um, stock, it, it darkens up. But so I get it down to about a cinnamon color, the flour itself. And you can do that ahead of time. So you're just cooking it in an oven around 400 degrees as long as it takes i do a lot at a time so it takes takes me several hours but i'm i'm doing other things so i have my dry roux it's just cooked flour it can sit on the shelf because it's still just flour mm. um so what i do i start with a, and i'll talk about chicken and sausage gumbo <clears throat> i start with bone-in the skin on uh chicken thighs Mm. So I season those pretty heavily with a myriad of spicy and not spicy spices. And sometimes I'll let it marinate overnight. And so I fry those first. And so what I'm doing is creating a layer of spices at the bottom. And you kind of have a layer of fried kind of spices at the bottom. Mm. Um, and then I use the Trinity to deglaze the pot. <laughs> so then I cook those down. Pretty good. And then I just add regular stock. So I make a double stock and that's how I put the fat back in. That is um, that I miss from making a roux with fat or something. And a double stock is just a stock you make with stock. So you start with stock and you put in your bones and your onions and stuff to make a stock. And so it comes really to this rich, fatty kind of liquid that's... All right, I, I just want to stop you right there because I have never heard this. I, I know... One of our, uh, the Cajun Creole queen from last week discussed, mm -hmm. she uses shrimp and chicken stock together, but I've never heard of making a stock with stock. Yeah, That's I hadn't amazing. either. <laughs> and somebody, I don't remember where I heard it. Oh, I think I was listening to Bon Appetit podcast while I was cooking and they started talking. Usually it's just in the background, but they started talking about it and I was stopped. I was like, wait, wait. It's so simple and beautiful. Mm. So it's, I like using it because I don't use fat or oil to make my roux. So when I cut it back in, it's, it puts that fat back into the, the liquid, right? So I, so I will put the liquid in after my, my Trinity, which I use a pretty small cut Trinity and it's all gooey and, you know, and I put the liquid in 
And then I add in the sausage there and let the sausage simmer in that for a while, at least 30 minutes. So then you're getting all the spices and smokiness out of the sausage. Um, and the chicken is now off to the side, it's kind of cooling because eventually I'll pull the chicken off the bones and discard the skin and I'll save those bones to make a stock the next time. <clears throat> so once that's kind of simmered and you've let the, the sausage kind of do its thing, then you're adding in your, your roux. So I take one part flour and two parts of that stock, stir it together until it's in like a nice thick slurry and then cut that into the, the liquid kind of slowly, but it incorporates pretty easily. So you're not getting any chunks because you whisk it in first. So it's just this kind of muddy slurry thing and you whisk that into the, the liquid that you have. And then I'll let that simmer for a few hours. Eventually I add back in the chicken. Mm. What I'm trying to avoid is like the stringy chicken bits that are, you know, these little wormy looking things, right? which don't taste bad, but they look weird. Mike, Mike put just, off some of your Minnesota customers. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, I think the ones that are coming in know what they're getting into and they enjoy it. So, um, so yeah, and then I just let that cook. I'll add the chicken eventually when I'm done stirring, you know, and let that cook for another at least thirty minutes. So, you know, it's I, it's mostly just letting it do its thing on its mm -hmm. own. And so, it's a dark roux. It's pretty thick. That's the way I like it. Like, yeah. If it cools down, it's really not running out the thing when you put it back in the pot, right? It's this kind right. of muddy thing, yeah. Is that, so, uh, is, is, I mean, Dave, did you have a question you wanted to ask? Well, I was going to say, I'm just kind of curious, you know, when you started serving this, whether it was from your front porch or, or when you moved into the kitchen and it became a bigger operation, I mean, like, are you getting stories from folks that have just never had gumbo before and, you know, this is their first ex gumbo experience? And I'm just kind of curious, like, what the Duluth reaction mm -hmm. is to a Cajun dish. Yeah, it's a, it's a mix. You know, I think people are like, oh, gumbo, I've heard of that. Is it a soup? And, you know, <laughs> you want to backhand them, but then you're like, how do I describe it? <laughs> you're like, not, it's more of a stew. I don't know. It's like, it's like the drunk cousin of a soup. <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah it's hard to explain to people who don't know and who are asking that question first of all you know shame on them i mean they're going to eat it in a bowl with a spoon yeah so that makes it you know soup like at least soup adjacent perhaps yeah but i never say yes <laughs> <laughs> but it's been a mix of reaction you know there's some expats up here as well they're like oh man i haven't had a good gumbo since i was in lafayette you know, so it's it's a mix and mostly positive. I made a, a sauce pecan once and someone was like, this is the spiciest thing I've ever had. Can you make things <laughs> less spicy? I was like, it's a sauce pecan. <laughs> Do the translation and you'll know that this is particularly spicy. I try to explain it to her without <laughs> sounding uh, harsh. You know. Sorry, we've, we've got the macaroni and cheese over here for you, man. <laughs> Hot dish. Uh, Y'all know what hot dishes? No, no. Good. <laughs> Actually, uh, when you're done, go on YouTube and just type in a hot dish recipe and the horror 
you're gonna experience. Oh no! That is, that is what that's what I'm working with. <laughs> oh goodness! So the Gumbo Podcast, where we not only praise South Louisiana cuisine but slag on the cuisine of the North Midwest uh, with hot I'd, dish. I do it openly and often, so they know where I stand. <laughs> oh, good what? lord! I'm actually googling this right now while we're talking. So tater tot hot dish is particularly the one that they. Yeah, that's. So so it's a it's a tater tot casserole. Is that what I'm looking at? Yeah, so casserole. They call them hot dish, but particularly tater tot hot dishes. Okay. There's cream right. of mushroom soup involved with ground meat and like inches of salt and pepper. I'm gonna say actually my my mother made a version of this when I was a kid and I loved it, but we called it tater tot casserole, is what we called it. Yeah. So it they is- call they call them hot dishes here. And I think this is the only place. I don't know. <laughs> I have a lot to say about hot dish. But... So, um, by the way, I I'd like say... to announce my new website, hotdishboy.com. I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm going to be doing Minnesota cuisine here down in uh, in South yes. Louisiana. Yes, you'll get people coming out of the woodwork being like, I love it. You'll be like, they'll, they'll be asking like, is this a casserole? And you're like, well, well not exactly. <laughs> not like, exactly. Yeah, you it's, know, it's, I won't, you it's won't a say yes. Drunk cousin, sort of. <laughs> Um, so, well, let me ask you this, because your recipe, frankly, it does sound delicious, and um, it makes me sad that I'm not in Duluth to, to get some of it. Um, how, do, how do you feel? You said you don't put um, tomatoes, but have you ever made okra gumbo or done done any of the variations like that? Or and um, do you do seafood? Yes. So, yeah, that was my chicken sausage. I, I do use some tomato paste mm. in, in my, my gumbos. It just brightens it up a little bit. Um, I, I will put vinegar in at the end to brighten it up a little more. Oh, to, vinegar. And it's just enough to add that kind of sour to please the whole tongue. So at the end, I cut in a little bit of vinegar and the tomato helps brighten it up. But I don't use tomatoes um i personally have made okra gumbos but i keep it's such a divisive thing so when you're running a business you don't want to divide your 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 share on people's likes and dislikes and it's it's hard to sell some people on an okra i love it you know i think it adds its own kind of thickness and sliminess that i like it does yeah Right. Um, what, about, I, what, about, what about filet? Have you ever tried uh, incorporating that up there? I used to do filet, but that's when I was doing my ruse on the, on the stove. And then you're cutting in the liquid and, and it was not a precise science and it would come out a little thinner. And so <laughs> the filet is the thickener at the end. But I found that it makes it bitter, especially if you cool it down and then you heat it back up. The filet is doing something in there that is unappealing when I take a bite. So. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so I've used it and I have some in my have cupboard, but I, I don't, I haven't used it in a while. It's probably gone bad. Um, so for my seafood, it's pretty much the same process, except, you know, you can't make a fatty liquid. So I'm, maybe I'm cutting in a little more of the, the roux at the end. Mm-hmm. I, I make my stock out of crawfish. Mm. So I, I don't I don't like the shrimpiness of like the what what shrimp heads and, and shells do to the taste. I think it's a little too seafoody, if that makes sense. But I think crawfish are fattier and they have their own kind of taste. You use like what like, like whole crawfish or yeah, so 
I from my distributor Piazza, giving them a plug. Maybe they'll give me a discount. Tell them um, to give us a discount. Yeah. Y'all, y'all welcome. Come up to Duluth and I'll give you free gumbo. <laughs> I'm saying it right now. So I'll yeah, they send in whole parboiled crawfish frozen. So I'll kind of let them thaw and break them apart and put them in and let it mm. cook pretty much all day. So I'll do that ahead of time. That's interesting because I was thinking about trying like like I don't think you can use regular boiled crawfish because they're just going to be too salty after you boil them. Well, I've done it before and it adds, it adds, you know, because you're putting a bunch of liquid and then you're getting rid of all that. So, you know, you can add more. I don't think it makes it salty. It actually adds a nice spiciness. And when they send me some that aren't seasoned because sometimes they're out or whatever, I'll put in crawfish boil, those little bags. Mm -hmm. And when I'm making the stock, so it adds the spiciness in there. Yeah, that was, that's interesting too. That's a, Somebody else said, I think it was the Creole Cajun Queen. Yeah, she, she, puts she a said that too, in, yeah. In her stock, which is is a great idea. Uh, yeah, because I try not to add seasoning at the end. It's mm -hmm. really just tweaking. So either I'm frying the spices at the beginning or I'm putting the spices in the stock. That That's where I'm getting all the... So it's really incorporated in there rather than putting the, the heavy spice on the front end of the bite of gumbo. Excellent. Dave, you, uh, you got anything else? I mean, I'm hungry. Uh, yeah. listen to all this, like, like every, every time we bring a guest on talking about the recipe, I'm just, I'm just starving. So I'm gonna have to go like raid my pantry, uh, after the show. But, uh, but yeah, look, I, I mean, I think what you're doing up there is amazing. I mean, obviously one, you're, you're introducing our culture to a whole new portion of the country which is which is awesome and uh and then two i think you found a hack for uh for you know a gumbo uh entrepreneur if you will in that uh yeah like you live somewhere where like it's gumbo season every month of the year uh, so <laughs> uh, I, I feel like if, if you're a louisiana restaurant owner um you know you need to like look at what he's you know what's going on in duluth because uh you know you're missing out on like six months of gumbo season right by, by just being down there yep well, uh, yeah, I, I like Dave. I'm I'm super hungry, and I'm I'm glad I'm going sausage shopping later today. So, because I will get to save that with. Uh, I'm going to Laplace, where they have a lot of a lot of uh, purveyors of andouille. So that should be should be fun. Uh, so, but that's going to do it for this episode of the Gumbo Show. I'd like to thank Robert Lee, the owner and operator of Gumbo Bois, Gumbo Bois. That's G uh, Gumbo G U M B O boi.com in Duluth. Listen, if you're in Minnesota, especially in the Duluth region, even if you're outside the Duluth region, that food sounds good enough to drive for. So give his website a shout, order some meals, uh, check out, you have social media too, right? Robert, you got some, uh, you got Instagram and yeah, the Instagram it's gumbo boy Duluth. Um, and then on Facebook, it's gumbo boy. There's probably other gumbo boys on Facebook, but look for, um, little cartoon alligator usually we'll yeah show you the trick great uh so yeah thanks so much robert for joining us it was great to have you and uh as always check out the gumbo show check us out on our facebook page which is going frankly bananas right now um because we put up a crazy recipe for gumbo that was published in an as yet undiscovered book um and uh, check us out on our twitter uh at gumbo show on instagram especially at da gumbo show 
Yeah, and for, for and for the love of God, follow us on Twitter, please. <laughs> <laughs> please rescue our Twitter from absolute obscurity. Say I as the operator of said Twitter account, or check us out on our website. Catch the podcast on uh, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find. Drop us a note. Let us know what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, where we need to try out that sort of thing. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. And until then, may your roost be dark and your bowls be full.